Good morning, good morning. How are you? Happy to hear from you and to be with you today. And here we are for another episode of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. Everyday life coming at us day by day all the time. Never know what's coming either. Never know what's coming. One moment, easy, lovely, beautiful weather. The next moment, who knows? So, what is my title for today? My title is, When they turn up the heat, jump into the fire. That is a Zen teaching, a very beautiful Zen teaching, a very, seems like a very kooky one at times. It seems like something that we barely even know what it could mean, jump into the fire when they turn up the heat. I mean, these days are warm now, we're in summer. What do we do when it's summertime? We, of course, look for cool breezes, cool clothes, cool, <laughs> cool activities and friends and people. Naturally, of course, we want to make our lives comfortable. We want to enjoy the, the heat. We want to enjoy our life, of course, and, we, and to adjust to it in a way that makes it as comfortable, as pleasant, as enjoyable as possible. And you know, oddly enough, and I must say oddly enough, this very desire to keep things copacetic and comfortable and good, this very demand, in fact, that life suit us and things go our way and life is easy and good, it keeps us on edge uncomfortable. It creates just the opposite, anxiety, because we do feel the great need to control circumstances, control everything, make sure things stay together, that they don't all fall apart. You know, this is normal. This is natural. It's not to say that these wishes and these urges are not normal and natural. Absolutely they are. But the beauty and the wonder of Zen practice and of Zen teachings is that it offers us a completely different way to look at these circumstances and to the way we react to them. Actually, we're being given a completely new chance, another chance to live. It's a different way of living entirely. You know, for many, 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 many years, when I was able to go to the Zendo that I trained in, which I loved so much, so much, it was absolutely a total sanctuary for me in every possible way. And every time I went in deep down, I, I would whisper or I would think or I would even say, oh, thank God, I can live again now. I can live again now. Of course, I didn't know what I was saying. It just came out, the thought came out, oh, as soon as I got inside and the door closed, I can live again now. Well, now that many years have passed and it's even much harder for me to go there to that specific place, but for various reasons, that phrase comes to my mind again and again when I think of Zen practice and I'm so focused now on integrating it with everything in life and every place in life. Why can't we just live again everywhere? live again. What was it about that practice in that place that I felt I could live again, that I could come to life there, that I actually wasn't living on the edge, that I didn't have to control all the circumstances? 
that I didn't have to worry that something was going to go wrong, that conditions were going to fluctuate. Actually, there was something very, very stable in the Zendo. Nothing fluctuated because basically it was, and on the one hand, nothing fluctuated. Of course, conditions naturally, inevitably, constantly fluctuate, but there was a lot of empty space. There were cushions on the floor, lined up on the floor where we sat. We, did, we came to do our practice. We came for a purpose. We didn't come there to be comfortable. <laughs> we didn't come there to adjust things and to be in control of anything, any or anyone, or any outcome. In fact, there was actually no outcome. <laughs> there was no outcome. We came for the total beauty and joy of just sitting. Now, in the process, many, many wonderful outcomes, of course, happened. We came, we sat together. There was no demand to be social. There was no demand to, to know another person. Who are you? What's your name? Where do you live? What job do you do? Nobody asked questions like that, thank God. Nobody did that. Everyone was there as a being, as a presence, as who they were. They weren't going to get labeled or defined in any way or put into a category that they couldn't get out of. There they were, and there you were, and you took a seat on your cushion, and the next person took the seat beside you. And together you practiced. Together you, you sat. And of course, of course, I mean, you weren't sitting there, I want to become this person's friend. I mean, those fantasies might have come up during practice, but that wasn't what we were there for. <clears throat> That's not what we came for. And, and, and the outcomes just took care of themselves. You were very close friends with some, you weren't friends with others. It, you weren't there for that reason, though. Life took care of itself. You went upstairs on one night a week and we would all have tea together and talk. That tea was so beautiful. It was just there as it was like a raindrop falls. No one was really demanding that situation stayed the same. So now this, let's go back to this quote. When the heat turns up, just jump into the fire. And that was really, in a sense, also what we did in the Zendo. <clears throat> Believe it or not, we jumped into the fire because by sitting down on the cushion and not moving and, and looking within and paying attention to yourself and your own breath and your own life and your own being and whatever arose in it and whatever left in it, it could be pretty fiery. It could hurt because you couldn't move until the bell rang. It could hurt physically. It could, you could become restless. But whatever came also went away. The pain went away. The restlessness went away. One moment you felt this, one moment you felt that. But you came to see that nothing, nothing, nothing was permanent. You, you came to learn about what it meant to be in the moment. What, and even what a moment was. What is a moment? If we're not holding on to it and demanding it be different, <clears throat> if we're just completely with it as we were, as we were sitting on the cushion, well, what is that moment then really? Where is it arising from? And of course, the big question, where is it going to? 
Those were not questions perhaps we asked consciously, but by doing the practice day after day, you saw that. You saw that in your bones. Your bones knew it. <clears throat> your heart knew it. Your being knew it. It wasn't something you learned in, as words or as an idea. You actually experienced life itself. Oh, I can live again now. Oh, <clears throat> I can jump into the moment again now, whatever it may be and whenever it may not be. Jump right in. Sit down. Be quiet. Don't distract yourself from the moment. Don't distract yourself from anything. Just sit. And when we trained in following those rather simple instructions, something came, some strength came, some aliveness came, some ability to live again came. You know, there are so, so many demands upon us, so many ex distractions. We might start out wanting to do this in the day and boom, derailed. <laughs> And then we try again our best to get back on track and boom, derailed again. Heat's getting turned up. The heat's getting turned up. What do you do? How do you respond to it? Maybe we're hoping for something in the summer or in a relationship or in a job and we're trying so hard and boom, something happens. We're getting derailed. Something that we might not like. Something against our wishes. Well, in the zendo, we just sit quietly in the silence and experience it totally. We don't run away from what's happening. We just jump into it. If you want to get out of the fire, out of the heat, jump into the fire. What an interesting and contradictory instruction. Don't be afraid of the fire. Don't reject it. Don't resist it. Don't oppose it. Become one with it. Just jump in jump in. <laughs> this, for me anyway, it's taken a long, long time to really actualize and do and live, not only on the cushion, but in my life itself. Actually, there's a beautiful saying by Joko Beck, which is so true, that life itself is the only teacher. And believe me, <laughs> she's really right. Life itself is the true teacher, mm. throwing all kinds of things at us all the time. Checking out, where are you now? Can you live? Life is asking us, can you live? Will you live? I'm the teacher. So what are we doing on the cushion? We're practicing so that when we get up, life itself, we can live again. <clears throat> we can jump into whatever is being given to us and be there fully, not run away, not hide, not pout, not scream, not complain. Really be with whatever comes. And then it is so easy and natural to respond in a way that's beautiful and uplifting for ourselves and others as well. You know, I, I, I was thinking, I've done many, many, many of these podcasts now, maybe over a year now, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I must be saying the same thing again and again in different forms. And I am, of course. And I was also thinking about many, many years ago when I was training at the Zendo, I gave a course for about eight years there called um, Zen and Psychology. Because I used to practice as a psychologist and I was always so interested in applying the two together, putting them together somehow at that point. 
So I gave this course, these talks on Zen and psychology, which I, which I love giving, and I and, and I, I hope and I think people enjoy it as well. And one day, though, someone said to the woman who was one of the people who ran the Zendo, well, is Eshin going to say the same thing again next time in the course? Is she going to make the same point again in the course? Well, it's a wonderful question. Wonderful, wonderful question. And, and, sh and she asked me, and I said, of course I am. Yes, yes, I am. The same point again and again, because another one of the beautiful, powerful aspects of this practice is repetition over and over and over. We repeat the same lessons. We, we repeat the same life. We, we breathe the same breath. We smile the same smile, and we need to hear and to deepen the same teachings again and again because sometimes we can jump into the fire maybe one teeny little bit and that's fine that's good too and then maybe the next time we can jump in a little more and on and on so <clears throat> yes this is a practice of repetition and unless you develop a taste for that and a willingness a willingness to be in the same place again and again which we are anyway, but again, jump into that same place again and again, and just experience it now, this time. Listen to the words again now, today, this time. Actually, it's very wonderful because each time we hear something, we are different. The words may not be different, although they may be presented a little differently, but we are different. And so they can go in differently, they can touch us differently, they can affect us more deeply, or not. But that is the point of narrow, we narrow down our activities greatly, greatly in Zen practice. Rather than doing more and more and getting entertained and excited by it, we narrow things down so we can focus on it and experience it and be with one thing more and more fully. You know, this is so, again, I recognize counterintuitive in a world that has endless, just endless messages, social media demands, possibilities, invitations, endless, just more than I can ever imagine before. So this is, again, at a time like this, it might be harder to do this, but on the other hand, I think it's more greatly needed than ever right now. And that wish to live again, to love again, to smile again, to jump up and down with joy again, to be real again, that never goes away. It never goes away. And that's why this practice is actually eternal, it's endless. It's gone on for generations, thousands of years, and will continue in different places and in different ways. So I'm just enjoying sharing my two cents <laughs> in this wonderful, wonderful emergent training of being with ourselves, being with the moment, not running away, not getting distracted. When the heat gets turned up, we're just jumping in, becoming it completely. 
That's just another way of saying becoming fully alive, fully available. You know, little children, I was watching the other day, some little children playing the game, catch me if you can, catch me if you can. We all like to run and hide and seek. Catch me if you can. I want to run away, see if you can catch me, see if you can find me. And life is like that too. Catch me if you can. <laughs> hide and seek. Here I am. One minute, I'm gone the next. I'm a whirling, whirling dervish in a sense. Catch me if you can. So how do we really catch the flare of life? How do we really live that flare of life? In the Zen practice, it's easy to catch you. You're sitting right there on the cushion. There you are. You're not going anywhere. So again, the paradox and the contradiction. The more we're planted and rooted in one thing in just now, the more we can play and live and laugh and love. And the less disappointed we become, strangely enough. Better to minimize our expectations, maximize our willingness to be present, and see how that is as you approach this glorious summer months that are ahead. Beautiful warm days, people milling around. Ask yourself this wonderful koan, what is really needed now for me to be, to live again now? To love again now? To play again now? Let's take this wonderful Zen wisdom and bring it right smack into our everyday lives. So thank you, thank you again for listening. Our website, as you know, is www.zenwisdomtoday.com. I love receiving the emails from you and the discussions we have. You can always reach me at topspeaker at yahoo.com. And I'm here to talk to you about these points as they come along and anything else. So once again, thank you for being here with me today. And I look forward to seeing you soon.